What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy. Is there any chance you take a plea deal in Georgia? We did nothing wrong. We don't ever take a plea deal. Yes, sir. We don't take plea deals. It's a wise guy question. Are you going to change this? It's a wise guy. Well, wise guy, Mike Murphy, haven't seen you in a while. I was framed. It's all a setup. It, it, it's anti-orange-haired discrimination. That's what it is, and I'm looking forward to my... He's starting to sound like Pretty Boy Floyd. This is fantastic. It's good to be back. We've been yeah. gone for two weeks. I know Twitter. I know. That's what happens when you listen to a free podcast, okay? We get to take two weeks off, but it's great to be back with you and the Istanbul, Mr. Gibbs. Another red-headed Pretty Boy. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's me. By the way, if anybody, if any kids are on Murphy's lawn, get off his lawn, please. That's Just right. Off, I got a hose here, and lawn. I'll use it, you little urchins. Yeah. So, what do you think, guys? We're it's another week, another indictment. It's becoming literally a reality show. Every week or so, every couple of weeks, we get the same scene, the same frantic coverage, the same appalling but not surprising narrative. But we're hacks. Like, what does it mean? Well, who knows? We're going to find out. If you repeat the old pattern, it's Republicans who like Trump, his chunk of the primary electorate, which is kind of the plurality winner right now, they all say, oh, it's all rigged and they love him more. At least that's what national polls say. And I, you know how I feel about those in a primary contest early. But then you start to wonder about this camel's got a lot of straws, a lot of straws. You also have an indictment at the state level. He can't pardon himself. You have a lot of other co-conspirators indicted, which in the prosecutor world, they like to call rat city because people make deals. Uh, So it's bad. It's bad. And I I think the camel's back will start to break even in the primary, but we just don't know yet. But this one is easy to understand. And he doesn't have a lot of friends in the state house. Governor Kemp's no fan. The AG, who's running for governor himself, so probably is thinking Republican politics, uh, Carr, is still kind of twinkle-toesing it here. So if I were Trump, I'd be really worried. I think legally he should be really worried. I I don't know that politically the world's different uh, or tremendously different today than it was yesterday or even right before the indictment last night. I've said this before. I'm fascinated to see, do any of his opponents call him out on this? This is different than... This is different than the stuff around January 6th. Obviously, it was the culmination of some of that. But this is a state case. It was brought by a state jury uh, or a Fulton County jury. And I don't understand at some point, Murphy, to your your point, that the the straw that breaks the camel's back, unless you just have, unless the entire Republican political strategy is one of jurisprudence. At some point, somebody's going to have to go, and somebody significant, meaning capable of winning the nomination, is going to go out and have to say that this is disconcerting. That, yeah, that, I agree. That these I things agree. have piled up, and that we can't just say. I mean, they can't just say this is Merrick Garland and Joe Biden, right? Because the the as the governor is a Republican, the Secretary of State's a Republican, the Attorney General's a Republican. Uh, I, I mean. So I just wonder at some point whether somebody's going to finally stand up there again, who's got a chance at winning this nomination and say, 
This is this is really problematic. Overthrowing an election is really problematic. We'll find out next week if the, there's a debate yeah, the next debate, week. We'll talk right. about that in a minute. But on your point, yeah, he's got a, a Republican establishment in Georgia that is on the other side of this by and large. But uh, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Kemp's tweet last week, and he thought that he was he was sticking Trump, uh, and he said, you know. Any of the candidates running, any of the candidates running would be better than Joe Biden. And we all ought to be willing uh, to say we'll support uh, the winner. Well, he, you know, because Trump wouldn't sign the document that the RNC wants him to sign to be in the debate saying he'd support the nominee. But the way I read it was, okay, you're saying Donald Trump indicted, convicted, maybe in prison. I mean, obviously, that's not likely would be a better president than Joe Biden. I mean, I guess, Murphy, that plays with the Republicans, but it's it's freaking insane and irresponsible. Yeah, look, I, I, I would love the whole party to put on a halo and go after him morally. I think it's the right thing to do. But Kemp wants to run for Senate in 2026 against Ossoff. So we, they're watching the Republican voter flank who see this tribally. And they are going to pound on this poor DA. It was actually quite excellent. But they're going to say, look, it's a 72 percent Biden county. The state didn't indict Trump. The city, the Democrat machine city of Fulton right. County. They're going to say that. They're going to say her dad was a Black Panther. That'll black be all people, over Fox. Black people. Right, right, right. Black DA, black political machine, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's what, you know, Trump does. I mean, his, his first reaction, whenever yeah. there's a, 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 a prosecutor of color, he goes racist. to race. Yeah. And if they're yeah. white, they're insane. I mean, they're deranged. He ought to change that up and say she's insane and say <laughs> say the white guy's a racist, just for variety's sake. But go ahead, Gibbs, you're dying to get in here. To take your, your point a little bit further, X, it's not just that he would be better president. The RNC is asking them to sign a document that if he becomes the nominee, they're all going to go support him as the nominee. Like forgetting yeah, which that- is, for- By the way, nobody is- yeah, but it's a bullshit. Even Trump says it's a bullshit document. But no, no, yes, I understand it's that, stupid but like, of the RNC to do, but they're corrupt. But it, but but hold on. But you're, So your entire premise as a political party is to sign something that doesn't mean anything. Oh, by the way, let me make you a series of promises in this political campaign about what I'm going to do. I mean, yeah, we're careful about that, because I remember a lot of I will not raise middle class taxes, but <laughs> their voters aren't that stupid. I really this is such an important point, because, you know, thinking about DeSantis, uh, who is supposed to be Trump's principal opponent in this race, he tiptoes around him like he's in a minefield. And, you know, he's constantly parsing and, you know, you know, is Donald Trump, did Donald Trump win? He put his hand on the Bible. He took the oath. He's the president. No, that's not the question. That's not the question. And, you know, he's constantly uh, doing that. And you know what? His whole candidacy is premised on, I'm going to out-Trump Trump, and when Trump goes down, I'll be the guy they all flock to. And so it's utter bullshit that he, you know, that he he wants Trump to be convicted. He wants Trump to be taken out of the game. And here's the bottom line, and I'm sorry, you guys, for, for the big windup. But what Gibbs is saying is so important because the thing that keeps Trump afloat in part is that he says whatever the hell he wants, and it's usually whatever's on his mind. Uh, he doesn't, you know, pull his punches, and he seems authentic. And Ron DeSantis in particular, but all of them look like politicians tiptoeing yeah. around him like well, they the, are. Yeah, yeah, look, I mean, if we step back, the bigger problem is ultimately – you can't beat Trump without beating him. If you want to be the king <laughs> yeah. lion, you got to bite the mangy old lion. Now, you can bite him like a Democrat, which is talking about what a horrible person he is and all that. I don't think you're going to see that. But you right. can use the kryptonite right. on Trump, which he's a big fat loser. And yeah. he's looking more like a loser against Biden, who the party hates and the party thinks is very vulnerable. So that's the neurosis you hear, I, is I that Trump is going to lose to Biden. Now, I think the debate now DeSantis, to be fair, and it's hard to be fair to DeSantis because he's so many (laughs) self-inflicted wounds and stupidity. And clearly they're running Macbeth, too, down there um, uh, in the inside thing. It makes Stalingrad look like a summer picnic. But they are tilting a little. He has started to say Trump 
you know, lost the election. Not in a way that'll get them the the you know the applause, but they know they need a new plan because they're losing. Uh, and so the question will be: Will anybody use the debate? We're going to talk about it. And the big question is: Does Trump show up to start to do that? The one who I think is well positioned, but is failing the test of beating Trump by showing some alpha. And I've, I've got a Substack coming out on this. Is Tim Scott because Scott is unique. Scott can say, look, I come from the morally loaded crusade to do the right thing in America wing of the party. And we have to admit that I have many of Donald Trump's enemies. I get especially because I'm an African-American conservative. Uh, Trump has many of the right enemies, but he lacks the character to be president of the United States. If Scott can't say that, I don't think he can beat Trump. Um, So I, I think they have a little time to do it doesn't have to be now. I can tell you after three weeks up here in New Hampshire where I'm running the Hacks Bureau up here in the Lakes region, I've been all over the state, talked to a lot of people. What a sacrifice. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I, that's In your lodge <laughs> there with your American flag in the background. It's kind of the shoe leather reporting. Uh, excuse me, Thaddeus, another martini, please. Your expenses are not reimbursable. Okay, what do you see from your hammock there? Well, I can tell you <laughs> there's no primary up here. doesn't exist. The only yard signs you see, other than the odd Trump Rambo poster on somebody's, you know, uh, a barn somewhere, is you see Kennedy, 24 signs. The anti-vaxxers have nothing else to do. So my point is the national media thinks we're in the middle of it. Up here, we're entering the baseball stadium. You know, we we haven't swung the first bat yet. So there is is a period starting with the debate for stuff to happen. Now, we'll see if it is. But I think all these guys running against Trump, understand at least internally that the wait for a lightning bolt to kill trump and get beamed up strategy will not beat him yeah i mean one of the questions for guys like scott is are you running for president or are you running for vice president and you just got to make a decision you got to answer that so did you see this new hampshire poll today (laughs) uh the emerson poll yes i have i've seen like three of them and some private stuff it's all trump 49 though some of the private stuff is trump like 39 40 42 no, I was going to say, I agree that, that maybe the baseball game hasn't, maybe they're still uh, throwing out the first pitch, but uh, FYI. Yeah, Trump, this, Trump starts with a guy on second base. The score's like six to nothing, just yeah. FYI. Yeah, you guys, I'm telling you, we're C, but the hacks up here all smell trouble on them. I'm just saying. Murphy, you've been you've been predicting smelling trouble for a year. I've, I yeah, don't, and I I've been right. I, we'll find I, out. Murphy's got a particularly sensitive I don't nose. get the aroma yeah, quite right. the way you do. <laughs> I know, but Gibbs, you're doing the easy thing. You're pointing at the poll saying 50% he can't lose. or You know, we're see. I'm saying there will be a campaign and things could I happen. I didn't say he can't lose. Yeah, but you're saying he's essentially inevitable and you don't believe he's going to lose the nomination. I think right now there's nobody among your group of people that you talk to that is positioned anywhere close to being able to beat him. They're, they're hoping lightning strikes the guy all right, dead. All right, they're we're, literally we're hoping down. they strike him dead. And that somehow they can put this thing together. I don't disagree. Look, I think I think he could lose Iowa. I, I don't think he's totally safe in any of these things. But I also, you can't tell me there's anybody out there doing anything close to acting like somebody who's in danger of being yeah. the presumptive nominee. Well, the I don't side. know. I, I Ooh. think you're like two thirds right. Oh no, here comes Bergam again. Okay, well let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> yeah. Let me finish. All right, you Democrats. Okay, so. <laughs> Oh, now he's getting nasty. Yeah, right. That was a that was a, that was a, a scheming lie that you guys are Dems. I agree. You can, again, election's not tomorrow. I think there's some change ups coming, and I think they could work. And I think Scott, in particular, has built an interesting base. I think he has two problems: the alpha engaged Trump problem we're talking mm-hmm. about. His other problem, if he plays the Christian thing in Iowa, he'll be President Huckabee or Cruz. He'll give Trump right. what Trump needs more than anything else—a comeback right here in New Hampshire. So Scott's got to change up a lot, but Scott has become more and more well-liked. You hear talk and curiosity about him. That's not a winning campaign, but that's the first step toward one. In this in this poll, what's interesting, and this is several polls now, DeSantis is in third, I mean, marginally. Yeah, he's crumbling. Tie, but Christie, Chris Christie has uh, slipped into second place there, and uh, your man Scott is at six. But I agree with Murphy. Listen, this is uncharted waters, okay? Anybody who says they know for sure anything uh, is making a mistake. But what 
one one thing that is clear, I mean, how many other people on the planet could be indicted four times <laughs> and still be 37 points ahead in uh, polling in nationally and ahead by, you know, in this poll, 40 points uh, in New Hampshire, you know, 24 in Iowa. I'll give you one. If this was 2010 and Barack Obama had been indicted in, let's say Obama had lost his reelect, but was still popular in the party and the craziest people had taken over the Republican party and it was President Trump and his Justice Department indicted Obama and a partisan Democrat. If it was kind of a mirror image of this, I don't think the Democratic electorate would be as loyal to Obama as the Republicans have been to Trump, but there'd be a lot of it. It would just be tribalism. There might be. But you know, you know what the difference is? The Republican Party, Mike, today, and this is my whole uh, objection to, uh, you know, I mean, there are many, many, many reasons <laughs> that I I don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee of the Republican Party, and I would be horrif horrified if he were president again. But, you know, I've said it a million times, the guy hate he does not believe in rules and laws and norms and institutions, yep. and he has created a whole movement of people who, who can't stand uh, rules and laws and norms and institutions. Yeah, I agree. There's a special poison. That, yeah, so that doesn't exist. Yeah. In the Democratic Party is basically a pro-government party. Yeah, that's why I think it would be less there. But I, yeah. I don't underestimate tribalism and picking a side now. But you're assuming, I mean, if you ask, and maybe they, they ask it in that New Hampshire poll, you, you still got two-thirds of Republican voters that think Trump was should have, been, should have won the election, right? You, you've got an, an entire six-year record of getting people to think that walking outside on a sunny day, that the sky is red. And he's convinced two-thirds of them that despite the fact that it's blue every day, he's gotten them to say, yes, it's red. The no, sky it's, is it's red. all true, and it's an epic level, but this is not new. It's human nature. How many Democrat activists thought that in 2000, Bush stole the, the count in Florida, yeah. right? Jim Baker went in there and outwitted the uh, Warren Christopher, and then Bush was a, not at this level. It's on incredible steroids because we've had an essentially corrupt president poisoning his side. Yeah, because the guy who lost said he lost. No, no, I would hear it blood for oil all the time. It's just activists tend to go to the most partisan theory and trump has put that on kind of evil steroids you know which is yet another trump crime against america all of this circles around to murphy's point of course which, which is that <laughs> everything does in the end that's the leitmotif of the whole show but it circles back to this point that the way the only way that trump crumbles and loses uh this nomination is if people on the republican side come to believe not that he isn't being done wrong but that the burden is just too much and he can't and he can't uh he can't win and you know we'll see if that happens but uh it, right now a majority of republican voters still believe by a wide wide margin that donald trump is the strongest candidate they can field against Joe Biden. And they, they that's the number to watch. It, it's all true, but you're also right. It's the number to watch because we're covering this like there's a real primary campaign. And I would argue there isn't one. We've got national polls that would be great and predictive if the election were held tomorrow in one big election. But it's a series of elections and you got this little death channel and you can add Nevada maybe uh, that you have for two, three weeks in January. That is really the campaign. And I would submit we got to wait and see. And big things like the fourth yeah. big indictment with some Republican involvement in that are not insignificant factors in the mix. So, you know, we, everybody in the national media is years ahead of where voter land is other than right now. Yeah, Trump's the king of our tribe. The other tribe sucks. We like Trump. All true, Mike. But one thing I would say is even in the states where there are primary campaigns going on, like Iowa uh, in particular, voters there, a majority of voters there still say they believe Trump would be the strongest candidate against yeah, Biden. Well, let's, so let's, let's let it work because we I've heard this argument before in other places the Hillary campaign, and then stuff happens. But I agree, right now, Trump sits atop a mountain. I just think it's hard to cover a campaign that I think fundamentally has yet to really begin. But we're close. 
you know, yeah. we can we'll be fighting it out looking at state polls in December and they're going to mean something. One point and then one question. I mean, I think what's going to be fascinating, I don't know if you I saw this right before we came on that on Truth Social that uh, Trump is going to have this is going to be fun to watch. A press Bed- conference, right? At Bedminster next Monday, a press yeah. conference where he's going to release the almost wrapped up report of how they stole Georgia. Right? Fantastic. So it's the- this is so, going to be good. Chinese mind control. We'll, we'll get to the debate. Right. We'll get to the debate in a second. But I, my guess is everybody's going to get a chance to answer. Had, have you read the report and what do you believe it at the beginning of that debate? Murphy, I agree with you on a lot of the meta of the environment and the fact that while, yes, we this thing hasn't gotten into full swing. I, I do think, like I said, maybe it's not six to nothing like I did, but Axe will say the guy, there's a guy starting on second for Trump. Do you believe, though, if they don't croak him in Iowa, that they're going to be able to catch him anywhere else? Well, here's my formula. The same person has to beat him in Iowa and New Hampshire, or you give him the kryptonite anecdote anecdote he needs, which is a comeback. So if he loses Iowa and wins New Hampshire, it's over. He'll run the table. He's got to be beaten twice in a row. Uh optimally by one person. Two person, then it's a big plurality race and Trump has an advantage. So Tim Scott better learn how to run a campaign that can't just win Iowa, which I think he's doing, but one that can also win New Hampshire, where the best slogan is fuck Iowa, um, if you come out of it a Christian, because this is a very secular primary. The other thing that all these media polls are missing, that nobody talks about except the local hacks in those states, and you hear about it here, of course, on Hacks on Tap, is nobody knows what the electorate of the caucus is going to be this time because you got 160,000 board Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents, and it's very easy to vote in an Iowa caucus. Here in New Hampshire, you have an anti-vax nut with a famous name and a president with lukewarm support. So in both cases, the Republican vodka in the cocktail is going to be a bit diluted. And most of that new new water coming in ain't for Trump. So that affects the polling and everything else. I'm waiting for Ann Seltzer to understand she's got a huge opportunity in Iowa. Pull those 160,000 Dems, ask if 30,000 of them are bored and they're going to show up because the civic value of a caucus night was a big thing. But anyway, we don't know. Who better to talk about dilution than a woman named Seltzer, right? (laughs) (laughs) But um, uh Uh-oh, the red phone's ringing. It's the pun police yet again. They're after you, Axe. You've been on probation for years, but this could be the last one. All right, hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. And now a word from our sponsors. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. But let's get to the debate because that that counts. Yeah, let's talk about that. I think you'll get a Des Moines poll in September, no doubt. But I bet yeah. mid-September yeah. you get something. And and then just before we get to the debate, just quickly for both of you two, because again, I, I, I no doubt that both of these are states that make up their minds late. When should our listeners focus? I, I'm totally with you on the national polling. When should they focus on state polling being real? I think, and you guys remember your experience there. I've, I've had similar ones on the Republican side. <laughs> we had some bad side. meetings about those. <laughs> yeah, you know, it starts to get interesting in November, but really that 30 days in December uh, for a January 15th date, uh, it becomes important because then the dogs have had a chance to taste other dog foods. I mean, right now, the, the early state dogs, and you can argue about the numbers. I see somewhat tighter stuff, but say 40%, they've all tasted Trump dog food and 40% are lined up tail wagon now. 60% are curious. Well, that curiosity will start to get answered. A few more debates and local campaigning uh, months from now. So I think on December 3rd, through December 20th, that period is when a lot will happen or not happen, and there should be data to kind of track it. We're going to mark that down on our calendar. Uh, I agree with you that that is November is when the, the turn really comes. Uh, but uh, let's talk about the debate. There's a debate next week. 
you said there if Trump shows up, I don't there's not a whole lot of I mean, he can, you know, he's the master of surprise. Maybe he will. But right now it sure doesn't feel like he's going to show up. Uh, so, I mean, if he does show up, it's obviously one kind of event. And Christie will have his his day and they'll go at it and it'll be a big slugfest, probably between the two of them with others sort of yapping to try and get in the mix. Uh, but well, let's assume he doesn't show up. And let me throw out the opener here. Uh, I've said this before. I think this debate is absolutely crucial for DeSantis, uh, who's desperately trying to hang on to his status as the, the, the major Trump challenger. And he needs to show up here and he needs to, to make an impression. I don't know if he can. Yeah, I, I would say... And I think Trump actually should show up, but we can talk about that later. I think the two with the most at stake are DeSantis and Haley. I say Scott isn't, although it's a great opportunity for him, but he's got the money and the legs to go a little longer. Haley needs a national moment or she's going to be in the Scott Walker Museum, I think, because, you know, seven million bucks and some super PAC money. She she can't any. That's a boring museum. Uh, Yeah, a lot of stuff candidates there. Yeah. The Sam Yorty wing is particularly interesting. <laughs> but uh, so she needs that famed charisma that she allegedly has. She she needs a spark, be different, and she might have the tools to do it. So pressure on her. And I agree on DeSantis. Look, he has a full donor revoke going on. It's the first time I've ever seen the super PAC at war with the candidate committee. Yeah. They just threw a campaign manager out the window, probably more to come. Uh, the culture there is crazy. So DeSantis needs a restart and he needs to be good. Um, or he's going to open up for a new star to be created. Now, it might be Haley. That's what she desperately needs. Could be Scott if he's ready for it. I don't know what the the prep is like. I worry a lot of these guys will, and this is common in first debates, give their Chamber of Commerce speech, not knowing where they really are. This big, okay, send your letters to Robert Gibbs and David Axelrod, but Vivek, et cetera, no. Rama Shwami, I, I, I He would be my pick to click for a guy who's surprised on the high side. Yeah, he's kind of got a little of the total outsider, wild-eyed, Maury Taylor meets, you know, add four more guys like that. And they can have little bumps, you know, so there could be something for him. And Burgum, I don't think, is ready to use it, although I like Burgum and I wish he had more of a message. Sold the Burgum stock at a loss. Well, no, no, the Burgum week when when he had a great launch and then no message. That's the (laughs) problem. These guys don't understand his message. And talking about oil prices in North Dakota ain't it. Well, to to your point, I think this puts the debate puts without Trump there. And I think one of the reasons he doesn't show up is because it, quite frankly, puts pressure, as you said, Murphy, not just on. I mean, I think it's DeSantis in a big way, but it's it's also five other candidates, because, quite frankly, if you can't use your breakout moment to distinguish yourself at the small table before Trump comes in, how are you going to do that in a world in which he blocks out the sun. I also think it's going to be fascinating to watch just how much of the debate is about Trump without even interjecting other candidates on Trump. Because we've seen news cycle after news cycle for years, years dominated not by anything that any of these guys is saying out on the campaign trail, not any issue that they want to bring up, but about Donald Trump. And I think a lot of that could be, it's going to be interesting to see how somebody tries to distinguish themselves in a world in which they all need that moment. DeSantis has to play a lot of defense and some offense, but every one of these, every one of these candidates needs to begin to distinguish themselves in a way that positions them, Murphy, to be able to pull off. Oh, look, I agree. And none of them are ready because none of them have been in one of these before. You're going to see a lot of rookie nerves and revert to not offend anybody. But again, the reason I think Trump ought to be there is if he's not there, one, his tough guy image takes a hit. And two, he gives other people an opportunity to become a star. If he is there, it's just him and Christie throwing furniture at each other. And Christie's so hated, uh, Democrats will love it. They're nominate Christie. But in the Republican world, I think it'll crowd the others out, which strategically is good for Trump. Fox, can you ring a bell? Yeah, I just want to get in. That is the lamest bell, by the way. Uh, 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 Jeff, pay for the $100 needle drop. Send me the bill. This is embarrassing. Hannah, Hannah get, get Jeff a bell, will you? Here, uh, here are my predictions. First of all, as an aside, I just want to say, you said uh, DeSantis threw his manager out. It's interesting. What he did was he, he moved his manager 
from manager to chief strategist, and then he got his chief of staff from Florida to come and be the manager, which underscores what everybody's always said, which is this campaign is being managed by DeSantis and his wife. And Casey DeSantis, who apparently has a real clause on management style. Don't send me angry, sexist letters, okay? It's possible for there to actually be uh, a a troublesome spouse. I wrote wrote a piece on this on CNN.com yesterday about this whole DeSantis shakeup thing. But uh, getting back to this debate, Here's what I predict. I think Christie will be very aggressive and he'll go after Trump, but I think he'll... You, you take an odds on that bet? May, may, <laughs> maybe go after the others for not taking on Trump. Yep. Uh, and, and, and I think he'll, he may be particularly hard on DeSantis. I think Ramaswamy will try and be the guy who takes on Christie mm-hmm. for Trump. Yep. yep. And I think that's how that's the kind of, kind of event that he's going to try and create. I think Tim Scott will go in there trying to do what he does, which is use his bio and so on. Here's the here's the problem with that. I mean, you, you know, we're talking as if all Republicans are going to be watching this debate. No Trump, I think very little audience. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. The way you well we'll see. But the way you uh the as you guys all know, the way you really score in these debates is you score a line that is becomes viral and is on your message. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm sure Christie will do it. The question is, and I think uh, Ramaswamy has proven himself to be, by the way, did you guys know that he was, you know, out of that whole Harvard IOP uh, generation with Pete Buttigieg and uh, Elise Stefanik and a couple of other people there? But anyway, uh, he, I think he, he's proven himself to be pretty glib. And he probably will have that moment. And the question is whether Scott can push through. And then Haley, does she distinguish herself as the only woman on that platform? Uh, you know, and can she make that work for her? Yeah, I uh, think she'll do foreign affairs, which is kind of a losing hand in the modern primary. I think she needs something better. But you're right. She really needs a moment. Well, they all do. Wait, is Pence in the debate yet? Yes. So he's going to do the opening <laughs> prayer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Mr. 1% is going to be there for a little bit. Yeah, he, he needs he's one. looking a little better in history lately, but yeah, he, he's the man with no yeah. country in this. The Trumpers uh-huh. ate him, and he's not anti-Trump enough for the move-on people. He's become yeah. a larger footnote in history, I think. I think, to your point on Scott, he's got to use his bio to distinguish himself into saying something and doing something that would lend itself to what he might be doing as president. I think the idea yeah, that he's got to he say has, Trump's morally unfit. And I'd say that as, you know, Christian conservative, and I doubt he'll do it. There's no way. But that's his opportunity. He's got standing the others don't have. His problem is you put him in a small room, he's a monster. He's fantastic. But you need time and the only guy in the mic. Throwing elbows in one of these things, he's never been in that situation. I doubt he'll be ready for it. Hope I'm yeah. wrong. Same for Bergam. What what are you guys estimating? Murphy, you think it's going to be a big audience, huh? Well, no, I, I think the audience metric's way overblown. I think it would be bigger with Trump, but it'll be big enough to be the big thing in the primary for a week, and it could start to shuffle the decks. Do I expect the Republican Party to be settled on August 26th after one summer debate? No, but it's the first big moment with opportunity for people to make a big step forward. And medium ratings are plenty for that. And, you know, again, social media, the way the world works now, it'll rattle on for a week. If you create those moments, yeah. Yeah. You start with three million people that are going to be watching the time slot or two and a half million people are going to be watching the time slot on Fox anyway. I think you'll get a decent sized audience. You're not going to get 10 million like you might in a in a in a in a Trump race or a Trump debate after what's gone on in the past two and a half, three weeks. Uh, but to your point, I think you'll have a sizable group that'll be watching and, and anybody who's doing this has got to have not just a plan for how they're going to prosecute that 90 or 120 minutes, but how they're going to use the next few days to use not just that moment, but to keep, right. keep it going over the course of next, the next several days in interviews, on the trail, in speeches and keep right. It's their opportunity to start driving something. And it's finance meet. you got a bunch of nervous big donors falling off the Santas who are looking for a horse that can run. Lamar Alexander taught me a great thing. 
wily old Paul, said there's only plaid? one question. Yes, Robert. <laughs> when he was elected governor, he had a plaid shirt. That's how he beat the Democrat. But anyway, he, he said there's one big question in like grassroots activist politics. What's going on? And, you know, you want to be what's going on that people talk about. And that's what the debate really gives somebody something to do. Wasn't anyway, that Marvin Gaye? I think it was Marvin Gaye. <laughs> he stole it from Lamar. Not to, <laughs> it happened a I lot. Bet, I, bet they, I bet they talked a lot. I'm just trying to picture Marvin Gaye in a plaid. Anyway, so uh, they bonded over music. People don't know that Lamar made a living as a pickup piano player in New Orleans. He could play anything. He had an interesting life as a young man. But go ahead. One last thing on the Republicans. The Iowa State Fair was interesting. One of my favorite events. It does speak to, I mean, look, Mike, I know you joke about it. Well, you Democrats, you want Trump. I don't. Yeah, I believe that. I know the good Democrats don't. But I also think we make a mistake when we don't recognize his feral genius and his star power. Uh, and you saw it at the Iowa State Fair, you know, I mean, you know, maybe any ex-president gets that, but I, there's something more to it. You know, he's still. Well, he's a know, TV celebrity, He's a showbiz too. guy. Yeah, he's yeah, a showbiz yeah. guy. Yeah, and that's great power. I mean, I'm the guy who worked for Schwarzenegger, the good version of that equation. So it, it's real. But he just he just completely outdid DeSantis and and the others. Okay, just one second. Yeah. We need to send Murphy. You need to spend two weeks in Iowa because I would love to pick up what I mean. It does it does look like DeSantis one is spending a ton of time there, right? More probably than everybody else combined. Lots of on the ground local media, which he was allergic to for years. I I wouldn't be surprised if DeSantis, who's had a bad run of several months donors, all the stuff, in that Ann Seltzer Des Moines Register poll could find himself, my, my guess is, you know, obviously trailing Trump, but my guess is reestablishing himself in a much stronger second position in Iowa with people from third to eighth that are all bunched at, at very, very low numbers. The hacks say early there too. Yeah. But DeSantis is in it. The The problems he has nationally with the donor class and the media class, because, you know, he's a knuckle dragger and blah, blah, blah. Not as big in Iowa. He's, yeah. he's selling some tickets on culture war. And Casey, for all the internal criticism, is very good on the trail. So the Yeah, she's his modular humanity unit. The, the ground war report <laughs> in Iowa is much nicer for DeSantis than the national Georgetown cocktail party circuit, with which you guys are so well acquainted. <laughs> One reason he needs a good showing in that Iowa poll is that uh, the governor, Kim Reynolds, has been very warm to him. Yeah. And she yep. allowed in this past week, we have the vi uh, audio, we don't necessarily need to play it, but she um, might come out late. She allowed that she might come out with an endorsement. Yep. Uh, Scott, too. She showed up at his big event in Des Moines. She's kind of playing both of those. She's the looking Santa's for the people. person who can, if she, if she thinks she can push someone over the line against Trump, uh, she's going to do it. And the yeah. question is who that will be. So this next poll is going to be important for him. And given her popularity with Iowans, uh, Republicans in Iowa would be a big, big get. Particularly Republican regulars, because Iowa is still a tribal state within the Republican Party. And again, there could be in a, in a caucus of 175,000 people, there could be 30,000 new faces who don't have a Democrat primary to play in, which is a material number. Okay, let's take a break right here for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. I got three things on the Democrats, and Murphy, talk about how you see this Hunter Biden development. The, someone had a great line on CNN last night and said that uh, you you know on on Fox uh, this uh, the in, in, indictment stuff underplays and you'd think that Hunter Biden was president but uh, he's clearly you know they wanted to get this in their rearview mirror they didn't get it in the rearview mirror now there's a prospect of a Hunter Biden trial how much does that matter because he isn't the president well it's tribal food. You know, well, the Dems have all the Trump stuff to howl about. This gives Republican-based voters something to howl about, looking for, it's kind of a permission structure. Yeah, well, look at Hunter Biden. You know, he's an international drug lord. I think out in swing voter land, it doesn't mean much. But 
it gets in the way of other Biden messaging, which Biden desperately needs because he's getting his ass kicked on perception of the economy, even to Donald Trump, which if I were his campaign doctor, I'd look at the x-ray and say, you know, uh, maybe it's time to hand the family business over to somebody else because this is a very bad looking political x-ray. So I think it's an opportunity cause for Biden to do the things he, he gets in the way of fixing himself. But do I think a voter in, you know, uh, Livonia, Michigan is going to make an ultimate choice on, on Hunter Biden if it's a persuadable voter? No. But you're right. In, the, in, that, in that base world, uh, it is... Uh, it is. It lives in that whataboutism thing yeah, that right. they desperately need right now, and the House Republicans are intoxicated on it, and they're going to beat the hell out of it. Uh, and uh, but Gibbs, um, I think it's inconvenient, and I think the biggest problem with it may be the psychological impact on Biden himself. And, the psychological uh, impact. I think the likelihood, to your point, that you know. That, <laughs> Little did they know when they looked in the rearview mirror, objects are closer than they appear, uh, ended up being the case. Uh, I, I think the, I think legally, obviously setting aside the, the, the trial, cause I think the trial is more of a, is going to affect them more politically. I, I think you and you and I talked about this axe. I mean, this is a, this is a, a U.S. attorney that's been investigating Hunter for five and a half years. So yeah. the designation of a special counsel doesn't necessarily, given his purview, open up a lot of sort of files yes. or investigations that he wasn't already doing, right? With a lot of conjecture about this means now that he, he can indict in California and basically other places than Delaware because he has this thing as a special counsel. So I, I don't think legally there's as as much peril as there is politically it's not going away it's going to be there people are going to ask it instead of getting uh, being able to pitch yourself on what you've done to improve inflation and improve the economy and keep people hiring you're going to likely get questions at a press conference or out well you, the, he the did trail. you saw he blew up at again at peter Ducey from fox yeah who asked him about it this is going to be a pain in the ass for him there's yeah, no exactly doubt. big distraction and it will weigh on him because it, 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 it's his it's his kid on the upside and the viral Dem- moment ends up being blowing up on a reporter about your son and feeling a little making it feeling a little thin yeah but your son the the epic screw up okay let's there's you know no, 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 totally. earned some but, of this trouble no i think no, his totally. point is you you end up looking once again like Clint Eastwood and Grand Torino chasing the kids off the lawn. So that that's a that's a problem, especially given his vulnerabilities. On the upside, while we were away, they voted in Ohio on yeah. this uh, constitutional amendment, which would have reduced to a majority what it, what it, uh, which would have increased to sixty percent what it takes to to pass a constitutional amendment. There, it's been it's now and it has been for a long time fifty. Uh, percent, and all this was in service of trying to beat uh, a back a pro-choice uh, initiative that will be voted on in November. And once again, as in Kansas during the 2022 cycle, uh, the uh, the no side won dramatically. Yeah, Michigan too. Yeah, so this has to be encouraging from a turnout standpoint. I I think. The gift, I mean, it, it you know, uh, the gift that Justice Alito, political gift that he gave Democrats with the Dobbs decision, that seems to be the gift that keeps on giving, Murphy. Yeah, it look, it's a big change. Supreme Court taking away perceived rights. We haven't had that in a long time, which makes it politically hot. Abortion, which was kind of settled in politics, now back again. It's the classic, hey, let's build a Terminator. Great. So the Republican Party built a Terminator, and then it stood up and killed three scientists and walked out the door. So now, now our Terminator, which stupidly was turned on, is out slaughtering us. It gives the Democrats a wonderful smoke bomb to change the subject. Biden's a crazy old man who doesn't know what time it is and he can't run the economy. Oh, that's troubling. But what about the abortion police arresting your sister? And bingo, we're now not debating the economy anymore. So it's a f***ing disaster politically and it's going to hurt us in the suburbs. May not be enough to save Joe Biden, who's doing a great job of getting ready to lose. But it's a real problem. It's a self-inflicted wound. Yeah, just for the record, way more than a smoke bomb. This isn't just a diversion of attention. This is th- th- this is why you've seen... Republican women in Kansas, Republican women in Ohio, 
Republican women in Michigan, uh, some of those swing states, some of those decidedly not swing states either anymore or have been in a long time. Uh, I'd feel better, quite frankly, actually, if the ballot initiative uh, was in 2024 versus 2023. 100%. Yeah. yeah I mean, that I think Sherrod Brown would feel the same way. By the way, the forget Republican it. women. It's young men. They're the most pro choice voter group in America. Yeah. You guys yeah. can think about that for a while and figure out why. <laughs> when you consider what Biden's <laughs> challenges are in this election, one is mobilizing young people. And this is certainly an issue yep. it works that will mobilize young people. So listen, yeah. listen. But it will take Alabama up from 60 for Trump if he's the nominee to 62. So yet again, another strategic masterstroke. <laughs> On this point, there was an analysis from 538. And what it found was that in, the, in 38 special elections held so far this year, 2023, Democrats have outperformed the partisan lean or the relative liberal or conservative history, because not all races are partisan, partisan races, right. uh, of the areas where the races were held by an average of 10%. Uh, and this is better than the uh, the results going into the 2022 uh, midterms, where I think it was 4%. But, you know, the, it, this is this is national. I mean, it, it is a pattern that is repeating itself nationally. And in, 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 you know, if Democrats were are running in Democrat districts, they're running, you know, 20 points beyond what they normally would be expected to run. If they're running in Republican districts, they're losing by far narrower margins. That has to mean something. Oh, it's good news. And it's you can pin it on Trump. But boy, it would be better news if Biden weren't an anchor. You know, that's the problem. But yes, it is good news for the Dems. Yeah, but I, I think, though, this is, an, this is one of those issues that really means something in those areas that are ultimately going to decide an incredibly close race in six or seven states. This is a, you know, I, I, I think about all the issues that Republicans have spent time talking about over the past six months. You know, I, I, I'm happy if Ron DeSantis wants to go in and make book banning his big deal. And we talk about uh, choice in abortion. I, I'm I'm fairly sure I know who's going to win those swing areas based on that. I, I think this is an issue that means real things to your point, Murphy, taking away freedoms, real things in people's lives. And that's why it's so potent. A lot of these other things, you know, you you barely get 36 or 35 or 34 percent, just the hardcore Republicans. And I, I think, you know, it, it's it's going to look it's going to do what it did in 2022, which is make Democrats look like they're talking about issues that are of real concern to people versus yeah. a lot of ancillary stuff. I think that's all true in a generic election, off year and maybe a close presidential. The problem is the dunk tank theory of presidential politics. If Biden can't put 10 points of economic performance perception on the board, uh, boy, I, I think a lot of this other stuff that's powerful won't be powerful enough. I think yeah. Trump, plus all that stuff you're talking about, could be enough for Biden. That's a fair fight because of Trump's negatives. But even one of these new guys that everybody snarls at, if they're new and not Biden, boy, I'd be, yeah. I'd be nervous. Well, I, I think anybody who's 25, 30 years, 40 years younger than him yeah. has, a, has a built-in advantage. Though, you know, the candidates like DeSantis who are running so far to the right, six-week abortion ban and so on, I think uh, create uh, their their own problems. There's a reason Donald Trump doesn't want to answer the abortion question, and he hasn't. Well, yeah, he's, he's pro-choice. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that, that's yes, the problem. The, the, yes. you know. Well, well, May might be a smart time to reveal that. I yeah, well, politically, it's the, the idea of him pushing this off while they've, to your point, Axe, raced to prove that um, just how pro-life they are with the the brands right. is going to create a series of problems. Well, listen, this is the problem that Republicans have. The things that it takes to you know win a primary now right. uh, are things that immediately disadvantage you uh, in a general. But but just quickly, primaries are not depositions. It's amazing the swivel and pivot stuff. I don't. Trump's primary right. is indeed a deposition. Yes. His life is a deposition. How are they going to schedule all the court cases? I mean, this is a one footnote on all this stuff. His campaign finance report, everything is legal fees. Yeah, You know, the whole campaign has been eaten by legal fees. No, you made this point a few weeks ago, and it's a really important one. You know, it's not clear 
what his resources are actually going to be. Right. The, there are two important resources in a campaign. One is money and the others, time. and the most important is the candidate's time. Right, right. And uh, he's he, he's going to be bound on both, although I you suspect he's going to run that those campaigns from the courthouse yep. steps. Hey, one thing before we go to questions, I wanted to ask uh, either of you guys, uh, you know, Youngkin, there's still that dream <laughs> that uh, people in the, eating with a fork and knife uh, portion of the Republican Party. I know all 20 of them. Fred Thompson, he's going to do it. You know, they still hold out hope that he can come sweeping in uh, at the end and save the party. But apparently a lot of it rests on his ability to claim huge gains in this legislative which nobody cares races. about, by the way. It's so dumb. And this reminds me of the Colin Powell thing. When's he going to run? Look, guys who want to run, you they can't run, hold yeah. them back. Right, right. They rip faces off to run. The idea of the reluctant Hamlet, uh, if he wanted to run, he'd be in it. But do these trend? I wonder if these trend lines that we've seen nationally with heightened Democratic turnout end up uh, being a problem for him. It's something, something to watch. Let's take a short break and hear from our sponsors. If you have a question for the hacks, all you got to do is email it to us, hacksontap at gmail.com, hacksontap at gmail.com. That goes to our crack staff in the Hacks on Tap Liberty Bunker, where the questions are shuffled and amended to make us look better, and then they give them to us and we read them. And if you've had a question in the past, don't be afraid to send it back in. Sometimes we just have too many good questions and not enough time. Finally, don't forget to rate us on the fabulous rating devices at Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc. Helps the algorithm shove us in front of new unsuspecting victims. And finally, don't forget to go to our book club right on the interweb, hacksontap.com slash book club for cool books that our guests or yours truly and my two Confederates here have gleefully recommended as interesting reads for the erudite Hacks on Tap audience. Good time to read Greg Bluestein's book on uh, how Georgia turned purple, just FYI. I'm absolutely recommending that book, and I do think this indictment unlike some of the other indictments, will have real, real ramifications at a state level in Georgia. You know, uh, a few weeks ago, McKinnon recommended this book, uh, Mr. Texas by Lawrence Wright. It's a novel. Really, really good. It's not, it's out in September. I just read a galley of it. Really enjoyable, fun read. So I encourage you guys to read it. Yeah, I made a note on that one. Yep. First question for the great Robert Gibbs from Patrick. Outside of Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris, who is the best positioned Democrat, given the circumstances, to run if Biden does change his mind? <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm one of the early members of the Gretchen Whit- Whitmer fan club. So that's look, a pretty big club, man. It, it is. But uh, you you remember I had these conversations with you a few years ago. Uh, I've got the receipts to prove it. I will say, you know, the rap on Democrats heading into 2022 was there was no bench. The rap on them coming out of 22 is there's an enormous bench, right? So let's think about, there's a whole group of governors, right? From Jared Polis in Colorado to, as you, 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 you go eastward, you've got, um, J.B. Pritzker in Illinois. Uh, you've got, Gretchen Whitmer, who I've mentioned, but I'm going to mention her Shapiro. again because I think she's great. Josh Shapiro in Pennsylvania. Murphy wants to run in New Jersey. Uh, Wes Moore. Uh, in the Senate, you've got- And by the way, like, don't don't forget Bashir. If he wins re-election, he's going to be projected into the national He could. Picture. Roy Cooper yeah. in North Carolina. All pygmies compared to Gina Raimondo. But keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. But no, it's a huge bench, uh, and I think it'll still be a huge bench because a number yeah. of those governors, uh, Shapiro, Westmore, and others, Raphael Warnock, a senator from Georgia, obviously. Uh, Kelly. Yep, Kelly. The, lots of folks that, that are going to, I think, assemble a good, strong Democratic bench for a really long time. All right. Mike Murphy, Drew, wants to know, what if Trump wins the primary but's convicted before the convention? Would the GOP pick a new candidate like Youngkin or Kemp? Do you think the Dems have a plan for running against a Yunkin or Kemp-like candidate? 
Wow, good question, Drew. I'll, I'll do the second half fast because it's easy. No, they don't have a plan and they ought to. Because, uh, again, as you've heard a million times here, not so sure Trump's the nominee in the end. But the big question, Trump has the delegates, but he is convicted. So we got to decide if we want a big city Democratic machine type jailhouse candidate or not. There is no GOP. There's no room with three guys in cowboy hats and big cigars that says, all right, make a change. That doesn't exist anymore. You have the Republican National Committee. You have a lot of delegates. You have complicated rules. The Republican National Committee is made up of delegates, a relatively smaller number compared to the Democratic National Committee, which is enormous, uh, three from each state and a couple of honorifics. Uh, that committee is roughly a third to 40% old political bosses who would probably be up for dumping Trump, 20% Christian conservatives, TBD, and 40% super hardcore Trump till the end. And, you know, rough numbers. Uh, they want to win. Their grip is limited. Uh, it would be one hell of a crazy thing. It would be like the Star Wars parliament coming together to kind of sort out who the new emperor would be. Uh, and I'd have to talk to one of my rules gurus to kind of break down. I was in this situation in a gubernatorial race where the Republican nominee broke out and we had to put everybody in the state committee in a room and fight it out for nine hours. It was unbelievable. It had a surprise outcome who later became governor. It also sank Senator Rudy Boschwitz, who it's a long story I'll tell on another episode. But uh, what does that mean? The Republican, the Republican nominee broke out. I mean, wouldn't you just send them to a dermatologist? What are you talking about? <laughs> No, no, no. It was John Grunseth, the family oh, values yes. candidate who had the affair with Miss Tractor Pole that got all over the papers. Oh, yeah. So the guy that. we beat in the primary, you turned out to be the guy who put the PIs and spilled the scandal on him in the first place, uh, went all in right. there. And we had a, a third candidate. No time and, for venting here. Yeah, yeah Boschwitz <laughs> showed up. It, it was crazy. Grunseth yeah. was gone. And eventually, uh, 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 Arnie Carlson who had lost the primary, became the nominee, and went on to beat Rudy Perpich. But that's Minnesota. Clean politics, except not so clean. Anyway, so who knows? Who knows? Boy, fun to watch, though. Terrifying. You got one for me? Uh, yes, I do have one for you. That one is number nine from Dallas. The Big D wants to know, seeing prices and inflation go down and job numbers go up, but Biden's numbers on the economy stay soft, or it sounds like El Gore's old bit, and even go down. Are modern polls really a good indicator of public sentiment, or is everything so polarized, Axe, that public opinion almost doesn't even matter? Everything that's going up should well, be going down. Yeah, we should <laughs> play that tape. Going yeah. up. <laughs> We're going to take everything that's upside down and make it right side up. All right, boys, you're crowding me here. The, uh, <laughs> I'm giving you time to think. Yeah. The, listen, first of all, how the public reacts to economic conditions uh, is a lagging indicator. So there has to be a sustained, uh, a sustained set of a set of numbers that, particularly on inflation, that would uh, contribute to that. But I do think that uh, all of these numbers are somewhat intractable because we become so tribal. We're listening to different accounts. If you watch some. If you watch uh, Fox News, if you watch some right-wing media, uh, you get a much different picture of the direction of the country, of the state of the economy, uh, than you would if you if you're looking at some other sources. And and so we become deeply polarized. I do think that you know Biden needs to see some improvement in this number. I don't think Mike, because of this polarization, and because of the you know the Trump factor and so on. I'm not sure that the kind of standard indexes, indices of that we use, you know, we're accustomed to using like, uh, you know, attitudes toward the economy are, are uh, determinative. And Gibbs will remember. Particularly in this election. Romney was beating us on the economy in 2012, but uh, Obama won on who fights for the middle class. And right. that turned out to be the most important number. So it's more complicated than that. And just looking at that one number doesn't tell the whole story. O only thing I just tag on that is it looks like Biden's got a UAW strike coming, which is going to be big and painful. Yeah. After Labor Day. Exit question for both of you. One, in the next six months, do we see an, do we see any sort of improvement in that number? And two, does it have to get bigger to win? You sort of answered the last part, uh, X. But well, perception, forget reality, has to get better. 
And the interest rates are the pain point, and they're still a thing. And a big UAW strike will be very painful in the Midwest. So I, I if I were Biden, I wouldn't count on big happy waves. Well, look, I, I think it needs to keep moving in a, the right direction. If it if there's backsliding, uh, that's bad because it makes it, 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 it contributes to what I think is his major problem. I think it's unjustified, but the argument, and I've said it here before, that Republicans like to make is that things are out of control and he's not in command. So if things start moving backwards uh, on the economy, that is not uh, that is not good for him. But we shall see. I was with a bunch of economists. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I was with a bunch of economists a couple of weeks ago at some conference and uh, – the thing that struck me was they're about as bad at projecting as we are. So uh, <laughs> well, that, that was McCain's great old joke. He always used to say on the trail, I'm looking all over for a one-armed economist because with these guys I've got, it's always on the one hand or on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 Ax, you think at 41% he can still win based on the fact that this is not going to be in any sort of ordinary election. Yeah, I mean – you know, look at the last couple of elections. We are in uncharted waters. And uh, I I think we just, we got to watch how this thing unfolds. And we will. And we'll do it again next week. After the debate. After the debate. We'll get together after the debate to go over the highs and lows, who won and who lost. And was anyone watching? But please still tweet at Murphy about where the episode is on Tuesday because it just gets under his skin and makes him yell at the kids in New Hampshire to get off his lawn. Urchins, move along. All right, boys. Good to be with you. See you later. Good to see you. Good to be back. Thank everybody for listening. See you guys later.